Wires run from under the back door into the first floor bedrooms, where amplifiers alert Mallory and the children to any sounds coming from outside the house. The three of them live this way. They do not go outside for long periods of time. When they do, they are blindfolded. The children have never seen the world outside their home, not even through the windows, and Mallory hasn't looked in more than four years. Four years. to the Lit to Lens podcast, a podcast about books and their adaptations. It's a safe place for folks who like the book better than the movie. This week we have Bird Box, a suspenseful psychological horror, or it attempts to be, that stars Sandra Bullock. I have here with me my energetic, esoteric, and enigmatic partner in crime, Mr. Eric, as well as two DOGs. D-O-double-G's. Roxy and Griffey. Yes. How's it going, Eric? It's going good. It's going good. Um, if you hear any pitter-patter in the background, that's Roxy exploring the space. Uh, Griffey's given up on exploring long, long, long time ago. Um, <laughs> but if you hear fighting, you know, that's not us having a, a, a ring in here. It's just uh, some neighborly dog play. Yeah. You know? Some little nibbles here and there. Yeah. We are not having an underground dogfighting competition just so we're clear yep it's above ground it's People, above ground. everyone knows about it <laughs> it's on twitter so. um thank you for describing me with all those e-words that yeah was... i figured your name starts with an e so i should have... that makes sense yeah. yeah and esoteric i looked up earlier means what Eric? I, I forget <laughs> um something that you probably you know something that you can't understand i already I, it's a yeah it's like a, a, a something that you is don't a, fully understand right yeah something or it's like a outside of your realm of knowledge so like books about bird boxes <laughs> those are esoteric absolutely um so well tell us about the the book and the movie so some fun facts or fast facts but also fun for the people um so bird box is a novel uh written by josh mallerman published in 2014 he's also a musician i don't know if you knew that yeah he's a lead singer of a band we're yeah. gonna get into this later oh, okay sorry i have a it's part of one of my game things so, oh, okay yeah the birds are rattling in their cage they they knew i was getting too close yeah, yeah don't do that got it don't okay. do that and um published in 2014 goodreads 4.02 so that's pretty good four yeah. stars anything above four is uh you know that's solid right yeah and then the movie was directed by Suzanne Beer, I think her name It's probably Beyer. Beyer. Yeah, maybe Beyer. And then she did The Night Manager and what was the other one? Serena. Serena. The Bradley Cooper, Jennifer Lawrence, why is this movie not better movie? But she's from Finland? Or Denmark. One of those. Yeah. We're not really sure. She's we'll European. She's European. And um, Eric Heiss. She's Danish. She's Danish. Denmark. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. It's all the same, honestly. <laughs> And then uh, screenwritten by Eric Heisserer. Is screenwritten a word? Probably not. He's the screenwriter. He's the screenwriter. Yeah. Eric Heisserer, which is also a weird last name, but he was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for penning the script to Arrival. 
So he is a Little Ends second timer. Second timer. I wonder yeah. if we mentioned him. We probably didn't really mention him on the last one. We'll have to go back to the archives. Yeah. Or, you know, our fans can listen to it. <laughs> right <let's> in. <laughs> and then uh, stars Sandra Bullock, Trevante Rhodes, John Malkovich, Sarah Paulson. It feels weird saying John Malkovich after Trevante Rhodes, but... Such is the world we live in now. Apparently. And then release date was December 21st, 2018 on Netflix, and it was released a couple weeks earlier in a film festival. Yeah. So the ratings on Rotten Tomatoes were 64, uh, and then Metacritic 51. So not great, but not awful either. No, it's about right down the middle, yeah. I would say. Yeah. So uh, Eric, can you give us a little recap of what happened? Yeah, for, th- for those at home, um, Bird Box tells the story of a world ravaged by, quote, unquote, the problem. Um, upon viewing an unknown and unnamed creature, people were brutally attack others before killing themselves. Our hero, the newly pregnant Mallory, strikes out on her own once her sister becomes infected and kills herself. This is a, a dark book, folks. Damn. Um, after answering an ad, Mallory finds other survivors, one of whom, Olympia, is also uh, the same amount pregnant as Mallory. She's as far along as Mallory is. At the house, all of the windows are covered and no one gets in or out without blindfolds, and the group lives like this, more or less, for years. Um, at one point in the story, the group takes in a new survivor named Gary, who claims he left his previous house because the homeowner, he says, was a recluse obsessed with writing in journals and believing that the quote-unquote problem um, was caused by mass hysteria. And he uncovered all the windows and opened all the doors to prove it was all just an illusion, killing everybody in that house except for Gary. Jeez, Gary. Uh, it turns out, several pages later, that Gary is actually keeping Frank's journal if you assume that is Frank's journal, however, Will. Um, and Mallory has him expelled from the house as a result. However, Don, one of the house guests, secretly shelters Gary in the house's cellar, um, which is revealed when Mallory and Olympia, both in labor, um, Gary reemerges with Don's help and exposes everyone in the house to the creatures. Only Mallory, her child, Olympia's child, and Gary survive. However, Gary's whereabouts are forever unknown. Um, after that, when everyone else is dead, Mallory is resigned to the fact that she's going to raise her kids in the new world. The house phone receives a call back one day from another survivor named Rick, who invites her to his refuge via boat, um, which is about 20 miles away on the river. She goes soon after and finds a colony of survivors living at a school for the blind. And at that point, everyone lives happily ever after until Mallory comes out in July by Josh Mallerman, the second book in the Bird Box series. Oh my god. Which I think is t- takes place 13 years after the end of this book. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So she's at the school for 13 years, or wherever. Yeah. I know, it, I think it came out July 21st. That's oh. three weeks since, three yeah. weeks before the date we're recording this, more or less. Oh god, okay. Not bad. Good for Josh Mallerman. He gets his second book out. Maybe there'll be a sequel to the movie. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Sandra Bullock hasn't done anything since Bird Box, yeah. I don't think. Um, it's a tough business. Yeah, so that's a, a quick and dirty recap of the novel. There's a good. lot more that goes into it. Uh, but, Will, I wanted to ask you, what did you think about the book? Uh, I didn't mind it. Um, I thought it was an interesting concept. I didn't think... It was kind of hard to get going. Um, I didn't love it, but I thought it was entertaining enough to get through it. That's kind of my... I saw you give it four stars on Goodreads. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm pretty loose with my ratings. So that's like, what is that? Like, a, I really liked it, probably. Like, because, like, 
Liked it as a three, really liked it as a four, and then loved it probably as a five. Yeah. It's probably, tough. I feel like everyone's ratings are different. Yeah. Like, for, for me, I would consider five-star, like, unassailable. Like, one of the best. Yeah. Like, yeah. I love this book. And then everything else, essentially, for me, gets a four-star. Yeah. And then if I thought it was, like, just fine, I'd give it a three-star. Yeah, that's kind of how I look at it, too. But I, like, I don't know. I thought it was entertaining. I mean, maybe coming from the last book we read to this one, it was, like, maybe, like, that was part of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought there were there were interesting parts to it. It kind of it kind of dragged on in the first half of it, then it kind of picked up in the second half. I thought. Yeah. Um, and it was certainly so. I watched the movie first and then read, and I just like th- more much more enjoyed the book than the movie. But we'll get into that later. But maybe that was part of it as well. Yeah, I would say I think I liked it less than you did. I gave it a three star on Goodreads for for those you know playing at home. Um, I and we'll get into it in the the next section here, but. The book frustrated me, like, often. Um, the way the narrative worked and how the characters interacted. But the movie was way more frustrating. <laughs> yeah. um, and I think having read the book first, I was more inclined to be like, wow, the movie, it's the movie's fault that the movie is like this. Yeah. The book was fine. Yeah. But the movie is definitely not. Yeah. So it's, you know, if you're into these, like, dystopian kind of futures it's interesting yeah but yeah it's, it's like a sci-fi horror i would say it's yeah it's not as i would say it's more horror than sci-fi yeah so that's roxy making roxy's whining she yeah. wants to go upstairs but she wants to play with the griffy yeah that's what she really wants uh, i would say that the the book is more scary at the beginning like in the first half right yeah, and then the, the scares sort of go away once you have more understanding of yeah what's going on it's kind of actually and maybe we can get into this later sort of funny to not funny interesting to read this book today like during this pandemic because i think there's a lot of parallels between how our country has reacted and how the people affected in this book react to unseen creatures yeah there are some like you know some overlaps in like what's happening today and what's happening in the book and it is kind of interesting so if you do read this book read it now just because you get that sort of like yeah that other perspective the movie was relevant two years ago but we're coming to it now and so you know better late than never you know what i'm saying yeah exactly yeah so uh before we get into what we thought about it i have a little game for you eric okay it's called guess the review are you ready i'm ready do you know the rules i know the rules one of these reviews is going to be for the movie and one of these reviews is going to be for the novel exactly should have been called quote bird brained end quote oh okay and then another one is oh wow that was bad the vast majority of the time it was just tedious and boring as you plod slowly along end quote all right what's the next one bird box begins with considerable promise but is soon revealed to have feathers for brains so one and three are similar, mm-hmm. and they're both puns on uh, birds, which low-hanging fruit, understand, <laughs> I guess. Um, it's kind of ironic that you would criticize the writing of a movie by making terrible, terrible puns in your own <laughs> writing of it, but, you know, well, who am I to, to judge anybody? Um, bird, bro- bird box, more like bird-brained. 
the first yeah. one. Yeah. And that's got to be a movie. That feels like very punchy, like you would Correct. have in a, a film review. Um, and for the same reason, I'm going to say three is also a movie review. Also correct. Okay. And two, I don't know. It just seems like a Goodreads person. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the game you won. Congratulations. I think you're one for ten now or something. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm like batting a thousand percent on these. Uh, I don't think so. I think it's more like one hundred percent. Yeah. Or but now we'll refurbish the game, make it a little harder for me because, you know. I seem to be on a hot streak. Yeah, I'm one for my like last one, at least. <laughs> You're down to come down to the cold side, eventually. We'll see. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. We're going to tell you a little bit about the book. Hello, hello, hello. It's Eric. If you're listening to this episode of the Lit to Lens podcast, whether or not you're actually enjoying it is up to you. But I've got good news. There are lots more episodes. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Lit to Lens. Don't forget to laugh at Will's jokes in this episode. He needs the positive affirmation. I just want to put that out there. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Thank you for that short word from our sponsor. So, Eric, uh, we're going to have another game for you. Two you truths, ready? one lie. Two truths, one lie. Hit me. So, Wait, explain gonna... how this works. I'm going to explain to you. So there's going to be two truths, and then there's going to be one lie. And then you have to guess all of them. So. Okay. Okay. <laughs> And there's gonna be actually there's gonna be a bonus, just as a little bonus for you. Okay. So I mean, is that okay? Is that how bonuses work? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Hit me. So in response to the bird box challenge, where people would take videos of themselves, doing, I love this during or doing ordinary activities while blindfolded, folded, excuse me, and they would post them on social media. A teenager did this while driving and drove into oncoming traffic. That's number one. God. Number two. In July 2020, Netflix released a statement that the film had had been seen by over 89 million households during the first four weeks of its release. This is uh, globally. Um, so, Barclays did a study con- and concluded that if the film had been given a theatrical release, it would have grossed over $100 million in its first weekend. Uh, number three, the movie uses footage from a rail disaster in Quebec from 2013 purchasing the footage from a vendor, but was later taken down after a request for it to be removed from survivors from the disaster. Do you want to hear the bonus or the bonus comes after? You Let's do the bonus after. So the last, was it like a train accident for yeah. the last one? Yes. And they put that in the a movie. Real disaster, yeah. So I guess the thinking would be that the conductor went crazy and like drove the train up, whatever it was. Yeah. There was like, oh my God. Yeah. So, but they. I don't know. That's if, horrible. It's, yeah, it's awful. So I think the movie, the movie that we watched probably has the updated footage. Yeah. Since we watched it in the past couple months, in Roxy's Roxy's crying. Yeah. So, I will say, I think I remember. I mean, I definitely remember the Bird Box Challenge. Yeah. Because that was like the height of stupidity, where yes. it was like, you know what, we can do things blindfolded, including driving vehicles, um, which you should never do. Yes. So I, 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 I kind of believe that's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one was the viewership. I, I, I remember that's like some insane amount of people watch this movie. 89 million households during the first four weeks. I think it was like, And this is all like alleged because Netflix doesn't release yeah. numbers unless they're really good. And even then, they just tell you. Wink, so these wink. are numbers from Netflix. So yeah. That's why people don't believe it. But. Yeah. Okay. And the third one is they used... A footage. rail disaster from, yeah. Footage from a rail. 
was asking. I mean, that's crazy, but I almost believe that they did that. I, I heard Ron Howard on a podcast recently talk about like making a documentary and sourcing all this footage from people that were there, just like on their smartphones or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, it doesn't, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they sourced like smartphone footage of a real thing that maybe looked good to them. And I'm using good in quotation marks here because yeah, that's, right, right. I mean, ridiculous. It's not a good thing to happen, but yeah. So which one of these do I think is a lie? I, want, I, I wish, I hope the train is a lie because that's just messed up. So I'm going to say that's the lie. Incorrect. Okay. Sorry. That is actually the truth. And it's horrible. And it's even worse that they purchased, like that was, that footage was for sale and they purchased it. Like how It's like Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. So people guess, take like bad footage or whatever, violent footage yeah. and then sell it to the highest bidder. I guess I would, that's why people say World Star when they yeah. record fight videos so that World Star will like buy it from them. Although that's like a totally different, on a totally different level than like a train. Right. right. Okay. But anyway, so yes, that so happened. Okay. That actually happened. So the lie was the um, the numbers. So it wasn't the Netflix numbers. Barclays Barclays's study that they that they uh, that they did um, actually was in July of this year. Um, concluded that the film had been give, if it had been given a theatrical release, it would have grossed only ninety eight million, so not over hundred million. Oh. So, okay. Yeah, sorry. sorry. Two million off. Okay. All right. <laughs> I figured I'd throw that one in there. And then in response to the uh, Bird Box Challenge uh, tidbit, everybody escaped serious injury in that accident. So, as reported by the BBC. So, I think they're trustworthy. Okay. Um, yeah, I remember that challenge being a thing for a while. Yeah. And. Yeah. People, some people just take it too far because, you know, I think the, it was a teenage girl who was 17 years old. So, do you think 89 million people, that was the number, right, actually mm-hmm. watched this movie? Households. So it could be even more. It's like maybe you're watching it with somebody. Do you think they watched the entire movie? Do you think they watched like part of it and then were like, you know what I should do is put on a blindfold and live my life. Like yeah. make pancakes <laughs> or like try to open the refrigerator. No, I don't think that's what happened. Okay. But you know it would be interesting to see statistics of how many like programs are started and then stopped and at what certain point. Yeah. And like what's the most like watched movie that's like stopped within like the first 10 minutes or something well i I have to think that these numbers are not like full watches like just the way people consume netflix right yeah it's just like 89 million starts but you know netflix or they get like whatever like 10 15 seconds of views yeah some threshold what's annoying though is like if you click on netflix if you click a program to like see more info it just starts the movie so i wonder if that's like included in that oh That'd be so you know I mean? shitty. Yeah, yeah. It'd be awful. that'd be like an awful statistic. So like, yeah. no, I just wanted to see what it was about. Dun, dun. But they count it. They probably do, honestly. I guess, I mean... Talk about padding you? stats, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not releasing it to anybody. They they're, they have no... It doesn't really matter how many people watch a Netflix movie. It does, yeah. I suppose, to the creators. Yeah, maybe. Because yeah. maybe... I actually don't even think they are paid on streams. At some point, when they like yeah. renegotiate like a collective bargaining agreement with like the WGA or the DGA or whatever, I'm sure those numbers will have to become more clear. Yeah. Because, you know, for a bunch of people to watch The Hangover on Netflix is valuable to the writer of The Hangover. But like if now it doesn't really matter because it's like, well, you pay me $15 a month. All you want is new stuff. Right. 
Who cares if you're watching Bird Box? You're paying me fifteen dollars a month. Yeah, it doesn't matter. That's all I need. But I think you're right. Like I think didn't Tom Cruise or I think like the big top actors have enough power in the game to like negotiate uh, number of views or like number of ticket sales into their contract. So like they get a certain percentage of like whatever the ticket sales are. Yeah, I think historically that's been you're gonna do a movie that's cheap. And so that we don't have room in the budget for Tom Cruise. Oh. So Tom okay. Cruise is gonna take like the first twenty million of the gross of the I movie. I see. Okay. Interesting. So it's like more, more like an, maybe like an indie or something. Yeah. I, yeah. Okay. I'm not an insider, but. I mean, we're insiders. I'm a cynic. I'm a, I'm a cynic. <laughs> okay. Are you ready for the bonus? Oh yeah, yeah. Author of the novel, like we mentioned earlier, is Josh Malamut. As we also mentioned earlier, he's the lead singer of a band. Now. Do you know the name of this band? No. Okay, perfect. <laughs> is it Bird Box? So the name of the band is called The Darkness. True or false? The Darkness. False. I have, I have literally no idea. Are you sure? The Darkness is a band where they have one hit single called, I believe... And a thing called love. From 2014. And this is not. Josh Malin, this is not Josh Malin, but I figured I would play this. I just want to get to the. I believe the thing I love for. This video is incredible, by the way. Not Josh Malerman. Not Josh Malerman, but the name of his band is called The High Strung. The High Strung. So they got a lot of stress in their lives. Yeah. You know what's funny, actually? What? About High Strung. Um, We got Griffey groomed recently, Mm -hmm. and the groomer was like, oh, this is Griffey. He's a bit high strung, right? And uh, so, yeah. Tough. So he should be the lead singer of High Strung. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Yeah. (laughs) Although, of the two dogs here, he's he's like, Max and all cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's chilling right now. He's an old man now. Yeah. Almost three. Well, almost three, yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so you were incorrect, so you lost. Okay. But um, are you upset that you lost? Or? No. I'm one for two today. Um, yeah, that's good. I'll survive. About 50%. So, Eric, getting into the novel. Yeah. You're giving this assignment. Eric, we found this great book. It's called Bird Box by Josh Malaman. We think you'd be great to adapt it. You have no choice in the matter. You're going to adapt it anyways. Okay. We're putting a blindfold on you. <laughs> what do you do? I scream. <laughs> um, well, so I was thinking about this when, um, like after reading the book, like why would someone want to do this? And I kept coming back to that Mark Wahlberg movie, The Happening. Yes. Um, and it's like, this is essentially like The Happening or that, John Krasinski movie, A Quiet Place, but uh, we're just like different senses are affected. So mm-hmm. like this, 
story is about sight and a quiet place is about sound the happening is about something else a different sense i know that trees like secrete something in the air yeah maybe it's smell or whatever it is Mm -hmm. um and i was thinking like the i guess the appeal of this book is that it's a like you go crazy from x reason story and x is a sense right so we've decided that these movies all get made and now we're just moving down the line you can't see anything yeah it's weird that's a cynical answer but i feel like that's you know so it's such a weird i mean it's a book that it's it's very internal it's not visual but they wanted to bring this to a visual medium so how do you like translate that non-visual aspect to a visual screen it's sort of like the um, conversation we had about invisible man earlier like mm-hmm. a couple months ago before the pandemic happened um where the irony of that story is the main character is an invisible person and right. a film is a visual medium and so you can't really have the lead of that movie be invisible this the problem is with sight and if you can't see it, then how are you going to represent it visually? So it's, it's, I don't know. It's a challenge. It's not like you can't do it, but yeah. I think there is like a, a somewhat of a barrier to adapting this for that reason. Right. Plus, I, I just like, after reading this book, would I want to do it? No. I, I just didn't think there was enough that was exciting in this just, book. Yeah. Um, nothing that was new. Like we, I just mentioned this, like the happening, but with your eyes. A quiet place with your eyes. And so, I don't know. Am I going to adapt like the third of that trilogy of just like pained people who get affected in a certain way? I don't think so. I'm not super interested so, in doing that. But you have to do it. The studio, you're a studio guy, okay? Big studio. Universal. Guy. Or what was the Harvey Weinstein studio? Miramax. Yeah, Miramax says, Harvey Weinstein comes in your office and says, listen, Eric. You're doing the script, whether you like it or not. I'm giving you twenty, a hundred million dollar budget. It's happening. Write it. What What's the first thing that you decide? Okay, this is in. Okay, this is out. Um, I think the best part of this book, and I think what got translated well, and it's sort of hard because I, I like write these answers before I watch the movie, so I can be fresh. Yeah. But um, the big thing for me in the book that was really well done was the mood. Like yeah. I, I thought, like I mentioned before, it was it was scary at the beginning mm-hmm. it was like dark and the author did a really good job of setting scenes that were intense maybe like not like it wasn't unreadable like intensity but the right. scenes it's their themselves were they like really worked right. what was inside of the scenes like worked a lot less yeah like the characters i mean you could almost throw them all away right um and just write new characters but i, I think the Obviously, like, you know, the premise is what it is. But I think bringing that mood, that darkness... Um, to the tone. Keep the tone. Keep the tone. What about the narrative structure? So they have two coinciding narratives, or, or like, uh, timelines, excuse me. Yeah. Would you keep that? So what I wrote down here was, to me, the world is totally open. There's not a thing that I have to keep. You can't make me. You can't make me do it. Well, um, I I don't I don't really like the two narrative structure. And the, the the movie we'll talk about later. They did it a little bit differently. But in the book, it's told from she's in the house, 
once she gets pregnant, the world goes to shit. She finds this house and stays in there for four years. And then in the other like interspersing chapters, she's blindfolded, rowing a boat 20 miles to find this guy Rick's house. She doesn't know if he's still there, but she's going with her kids to find him. Right. Um, to me, like the weird part about doing that is the river plot is ostensibly the A plot. Like that's the yeah. important real-time plot. Right. And there's just nothing that happens in it. Yeah. And so if this is supposed to be like the important part where she's escaping and all you keep doing is flashing back to the house, yeah. like why isn't this just the book set in the house? Right. If that's all the important like good stuff. Because I guess you want to have a resolution, I guess. But the resolution, yeah. And the resolution can't just be her leaving because then like where is she going to go? Right, right, right. And I she can always just leave. That, that's sort of the problem here is like by having these two narratives, in my estimation – you're cheapening the real-time narrative by having it flash back to the interesting stuff. Yeah. And the interesting stuff isn't important enough because it's not the real-time stuff. Right. And then also why... I mean, I've come to the conclusion, like, for the four years, right? Like, you have... Okay, four years later, right? After she gives birth. And I get the fact that, like, okay, they need to grow up to a certain point. Again, I guess you need to teach them and stuff. How does she survive during these four years? How does she allow the other ones to survive or the, her children essentially to survive yeah because they only had so much food right right and also why the four years why is that something that he added i guess it's like college you know freshman sophomore junior senior i mean there's no reason for it other yeah. than uh i suppose they would be old enough even when you're four you're like pretty young but maybe the question is like in the narrative, at least, she uses them, or he uses them, the author, excuse me, and she, as in Mallory, uses them as, like, her ears. She trains them to live, essentially, without eyes for four years of their life, and they know what to do, like, how to hear things that she can't hear. Yeah. So she's created, like, weapons, or, like, supersonic children. Yeah. I mean, he's already introduced characters into this, right? So... Or his, uh, I'm sorry, not characters, uh, children that were being born during this time. So I guess you have to keep them around. But it just cr it just creates like a, almost like a weirdly unnecessary part of the plot. I mean, why not just have, you know, the beginning of the story where everybody meets and she doesn't have to be pregnant. Just have everybody meet and survive, right? And then have everybody die and then have her try to go off to find these people why can't they just have it like a linear like one linear thing because of the children probably i guess it's too much too much time well unless you wanted the, her to escape when the kids are like really young right like there is a, a period of pregnancy that is nine months and obviously she goes there when she's four months pregnant so mm -hmm. the the uh her like flashbacks are really only for a period of five months right like she goes there when she's four months pregnant at nine months when she has her children like shit hits the fan and she is alone from that point on yeah like birthday to four years later yeah. she's totally alone so i don't know i don't know i think you could do it or i think you just decide that the river is more important and you give her more things to do on the river or you decide that like escaping is the the big thing and I don't know. She's trapped in there. 
Would you keep the kids? I mean, would you keep the pregnancies? Do you think that's, like, significant enough to... Because that's, like, the real reason for the four-year gap, right? Yeah. I think you do keep the kids. I think part of the point of the book is you're trying to create a world that's worth living in. Like a new world. And it's sort of like a parable for... I don't even know if this is true, but, like, it's sort of a parable for environmental, like, catastrophe, right? Or, like... Sort of, yeah. We have this world, but we can't actually use it. It's unusable to us. And we want to make things... I don't know, it's not better for your kids, even. It's just, like, livable for your kids. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I think that's kind of at the, the heart of this story. So, mm-hmm. I, you keep the kids. The kids are really annoying in the movie. And, like, kids in movies are always really annoying. Yeah. So, it sort of creates a difficulty in filming it versus, like, in the novel of it. Right. Um, and plus, in the movie, they don't even use them as, like, ears. Right? Like, I think that would be too difficult as a director to get mm-hmm. four-year-old children to act well enough to do that sort of thing. Right. So they're just sort of there and they're just sort of nuance or like not nuances, nuisances. Yeah. Nuisances, different, yeah, different word. Sure. Um, but so I don't know. I think to that respect, like, can you, can you redo this movie? That's not an escape. I don't think so. Can you do this movie without having the background? Probably, but you'd have to, I think, if I was gonna, if I wanted to do this, I would make it more escape and less flashback. Yeah, for sure. Um, I would agree. However, there's a lot of important stuff that happens in flashback, so it's almost like two different stories. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of interesting stuff that happens, like when they're all living together. I mean, that's certainly something worth exploring. But you could certainly condense that into like one forty-five minute section that just happens linearly, right? And then have the escape happened another 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it is yeah there's almost i think they're sorry go ahead no that's that was what i was gonna say so i was thinking it's almost not worth it to have not not worth it but like (laughs) going on a river is ridiculous yeah that was gonna be my other point so the in the book she has to go 20 miles on the river which is yeah number one (laughs) like i don't i mean ridiculous on its surface like i don't know how she can row by the way she's not like a professional rower or anything or no like, she hasn't as far as we know. been on a boat for four years right? right so the fact that she could row 20 miles i mean assume you could probably do 20 miles in a day if you were like really gonna be hurting afterwards right it would take you literally all day but yeah. you could do it the movie it's like millions of miles i don't know but i think if you were to do the plot where it's just escape you couldn't do it on the river. There's not enough happens. You'd almost, you'd have to do it over land. You'd have to do like planes, trains, automobiles style. Just like everything is a new thing. I just feel like this, this author, he thought of like, what's the most, what's the craziest fucking escape I can do? She's fucking pregnant while everything's going down. And the other pregnant woman, there's gonna be another pregnant woman at the same time. Yeah. Now she's got two fucking kids. She's got to raise these two kids and then she's going to go on a river for 20 miles. Like, it just seems like so... I mean, sure, it could happen, I guess, in this fictional work. But it just seems like, how do you think of that? Like, you know what I mean? Why is this... I feel like it should be brought into more realistic, like... And it's funny you say that because the book is or tries to be realistic, right? There's all these conversations about how much food is left in the pantry. Yeah. Which I think we sort of like brought up earlier. Mm -hmm. But it's like, how can you feed two kids for an additional four years when they are running out of food... In real yeah. time. I, yeah. I don't know. And in the movie, 
Machine Gun Kelly stole their food. Yeah. Shout out Machine Gun Kelly. We're talking about book, the book, though. Sorry. Um, yeah, but I mean, the book, they go to like great pains to be like, okay, if anyone comes in and out, they're wearing a helmet, we're going to pat down the walls, we're going to feel them out, make sure no one's coming in with them. Like, it's, if, I feel like it actually is taken pretty seriously and like realistically, more or less. And then it's like the river stuff. Yeah. Which is ridiculous. Right. So, so how would you change? Would you change that? I don't think it would be, it wouldn't, I couldn't do it all, all on the river. It, it's not enough. Yeah. Like I, there's just not enough there's, happens on a river. There's two things that happen. There's to fill. I mean, you, you couldn't fill 300 pages with just a river story. Yeah. It's, I mean, it was a fucking crazy river story. Yeah. yeah. And the problem is this in the book, at least the stakes on the river aren't high enough. Yeah. She like runs into a person yeah. who doesn't really, is just like, take off your blindfold. I'm a person. It's fine. Take yeah. it off. So there are these, so should, we should explain that. So there are people in the book, in the movie who can actually see the creatures and they think it's some godlike figure, but these are people who yeah, they're not have su- they're not disabilities, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what it seems like. Yeah, that's what it's like implied essentially. But yeah, sorry, go ahead. So she runs into a guy in the river. Yes, um, she runs into a pack of wolves. In the book. In the book, or like there's wolves on the banks. Oh yeah. And yes, they like sorry. scratch her. They they mess up her shoulder. Yes. In a way that makes her pass out, but then ultimately she's fine and can continue to row the twenty miles that she needs to row. <laughs> um, and then she, I think, yeah, in the book she also runs into a creature who takes her mask off. Yes. But she keeps her eyes closed. Yep. And so she never sees the creature, and then the creature puts the mask back on. So there's like three things that she runs into that don't affect her really in any way. Yeah. I mean, this. I mean. So this would be very scary if this actually happened. Like if you, if you or I were in this situation, this would be incredibly scary. But I just don't think it translates as well to like a like a novel or a film. Yeah. Right. Because it's like, unless you can totally immerse yourself in the character, you have to write really well written like character development, like stuff like that. Which no, this is you avoid it. You it's avoid what? Writing about it, which is so what the, the book is, right? The character development or what? When it's on the river. Yeah. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. You just avoid you just it. Avoid it. So, would you change the escape? Like, yeah, I think I would make it not on the. Yeah, I mean, you'd have to make it. I think, like a combination of everything that she's done. Like, it has to be walking. It has to be driving. It has to be on the river. There has to be injuries. There has mm-hmm, to be yeah. like stops. Like, there's no stops when she's on the river. You just go because she. I, I mean, you know, she's on the river, and yeah. I guess if she catches the current, it just keeps going. But like. I think if you were doing that in real time, you could have her find something and make her stop for a night or two nights or whatever to check stuff out. Can we also talk about when she reaches like the, the, the speaker phone or the, the speaker that plays Tom's, Tom's voice. fucking voicemail? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I like guess... How for, just, I, I just feel like this is ridiculous. So for background, at some point in the house they find a phone book or they bring out a phone book right. and they still have a working phone. And so they dial literally every number in the phone book and yeah. leave a message at every single number they call that's not disconnected and has a voicemail box or whatever. Right. So they get a call back from Rick, who's the leader of this compound. As everything's going to shit, right? With Gary and stuff? Yeah, literally yeah. the day that Gary opens all the blinds or yeah. whatever, uncovers the windows, opens the doors... Mallory, her two kids, and Gary survive. And Mallory hears the phone ringing, goes to answer, and it's like, "Hey, I'm Rick. Why don't you come down to our compound? You'll know it because we'll be playing a a voice. And when you hear the voice, you think you take your blindfold off. You'll see which way to go in the river. Yeah. 
and then you'll get to the spot you need to get and we'll save you. But then they choose, yeah, that voice is ultimately the voicemail that Tom left, Rick. And he's like, yeah, like, I knew you would recognize this voice. I just, like, rolled my eyes when I read this. It's like, can we be a little bit more original? Or just, like, I don't know. I get it's, like, an emotional thing, but it's just, like, I don't know. We're, I think we're going to talk about this in the next section. Because this, has been a long, this has been a long book section. Because I like, want to dig into Tom to in the next about. section. But, it, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. I, I think it, I read it the same way. I'm just, like... It doesn't. It doesn't hit for me. Yeah. They're just co. Not a co-worker. They're just like cohabitants of a house. Yeah. But she's. I think she's in love with him, right? Like that's. That's what it you seems think so? like. Yeah. We can hold on. Let's hold on to this. Hold on. To it. Okay. Um. What do you want to do? Go to break. One thing I wanted to bring up real quick okay. is that, I guess we sort of talked about this, but like, consequences. Not a lot of consequences in the book. You know, she sees. A person yelling at her and she like freaks out she thinks it's gary in the book when she's on the river oh yeah then the wolves get her they scratch her she passes out but wakes up and is fine to row and then she sees a creature takes off the blindfold doesn't end up affecting her there's just to me like get her boat stuck or like put her down to one arm make yeah. the trip longer do something to the kids i mean that's bad but like yeah there was nothing all she did was row straight and there was like yeah. bad moments, but the moments ultimately didn't cause her any harm or pain or. She didn't really learn anything from them either. It wasn't like a, you know, like there are obstacles and that you learn from them. It's like this wasn't really like a. Yeah. A learning. They weren't really learning moments. They were just like, okay, get this fucking guy out of my face. Like, get these wolves off me. Like, let's just keep keep running. Yeah, they might have traded that for like a survival. Yeah, like the the ultimate goal of survival but even then it wasn't like it was three things yeah three things happened on a 20 mile boat ride and none of them ultimately like put her off course at all she never left the water right right it's like oh i hear wolves they got me like they don't hit rapids in these 20 miles they no they hit, do in they the movie right boulders. yeah like, it's like ridiculous yeah i don't know 20 miles like, is a long way and yeah. to, for you to row perfectly 20 miles would fall off yeah even if you could go straight for 20 miles, yeah. imagine like not knowing how you're rowing, how hard it is to row with your eyes open if you've never rowed and you're like going in circles Honestly, or slightly off kilter. It's also easy to row in the wrong direction if your like movements are off, right? If, if your one arm is like slightly ahead of the other one, you just go in a circle. Yeah. Imagine if she spun around and rowed the other fucking direction. Like you just have no idea. Yeah. There's so many things that could go wrong. Yeah. So I, th- I think the, the being on the river the whole time is slightly ridiculous. Yeah. And I think it's only, I mean, look, it, it, the book can be different, but the book is very grounded in like, how do we solve the problem? Right. And then the river section is just like fucked off. Yeah. I just, yeah, I don't, he, you know, he came up with these ideas, you know, congrats, like creative. I just like, if you come up with these outlandish ideas, you have to like have certain situations and certain things that like pull it off or like convince the reader that like this is the way it's supposed to be you know what i mean this is not just it just felt random it just felt like the river was thrown in this is like a oh what would be like the most difficult thing to do oh my god we're going down a river it's like that shouldn't be the way you think as a writer right it should be like what's the most meaningful way what's the most like i don't know yeah do you know what i mean i think it's a bit like unfleshed out 
Yeah. Where a more seasoned writer would say, "Why are we?" I need to throw. Right? Yeah. So like, ultimately, like, what is the purpose of this? But then to say like, you need to throw shit at your main character, and that shit has to move them off their course, and the course continues to change, but like ultimately they still get to their goal, but they've they've done something in the way things have changed. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. So like the yes, exactly. So like the things that reached out to her didn't even move her off her her physical course as well as her like like emotional or like character course. Yeah. Nothing yeah. changed. Yeah. So this is my whole problem with the plot structure. It's okay. like if this is now the I most see. important yeah. thing that's happening and like nothing fucks with it and we're like, oh my god, I don't know what happens thing. on the river. Let's back it up to like the house. Yeah. Then just set the book in the house, right? Because yeah. the house, the house ultimately is more interesting. Yeah, the characters aren't that interesting. I think there's probably work to be done on characterization. Yeah, but if you're gonna spend seventy five percent of the book talking about the past, make that the fucking present. Yeah, I mean honestly, I mean that's a good point. It's like that was that was the part of the book that I was like eager to read about. Yeah, it just wasn't the river. It was like, I mean, no no offense to the kids, I just wasn't really. Because, first of all, we didn't know where they came from at the beginning of the story. We could insinuate it later on in the book. It's, oh, okay, there's, like, this interesting, like, two women are pregnant at the same exact time, and they get birth at the same exact time. Like, yeah. Anyways. All right, let's wrap this up okay. and take a break. <laughs> and then come <laughs> back with the movie. Because most oh of you have probably seen the movie. Anyways, if you're still listening, we appreciate it. Yeah. We'll be back. Hey, Will here. If you've made it this far, we thank you. There's not much left, we promise. If you like what you hear, make sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, Twitter, and Instagram, at Lit2Lens. We want you to continue to grow the LTLing community. If you don't like any of the ideas sprouted in our conversations, just remember, all those are Eric's ideas. I came up with all the good ones. And now, back to the show. And we're back. Are you ready for jokes? Yes, this has been a very jokeless episode. Yes. So let's get funny. Nothing but jokes coming up. I think this episode's actually been very funny. I think it's been funny too. So I feel not, like to, I, not to too much. I mean, own. I just feel like I've been funnier than you, but I'm just <laughs> See, I just made a laugh, so there you go. <laughs> All right, let's move on from this. <laughs> so do you want me to go first, or? I should probably go first because I think mine's bad. All right, you go first. Okay. What's the guaranteed result of putting birds into a box? They die. The end of Sandra Bullock's film career. Oh, God. It's bad. I told you. Yeah. I mean, you're not wrong. What has she done since then? I wanted to bring her up later because um, I I love Sandra Bullock so much. She's great. And her career has... There hasn't been anything since, right? What's what's the last really good thing she's done? Like the the blind side, right? That was like 09. Yeah, because she hasn't really done anything. Or I guess well, Gravity. she was really popular after that movie. Yeah, she, she was in Gravity. Gravity. She was in. She's in these Minions movies. Oh, she was just in Ocean's Eight. Oh, okay, I never saw that actually. I didn't really like that movie that much. I heard it wasn't that good, but I feel bad saying that because movies cannot be good. That's okay. I know. She was she when she won the Oscar. She also won the Razzie that same year. Oh yeah, for that movie with Bradley Cooper. Yes. Oh my God, what was that movie? All about remember? Steve. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sandra Bullock, dude. <laughs> Apparently, she's from Arlington. Oh, that's right. She went to WL. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, they can't call it Washington Lee. No, it's now right? Washington Liberty. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. So still W now. So you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, Eric and Sandra Bullock. Um, were, you guys are a good team. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I've been a big fan since forever. Since probably she was dating Ryan Gosling. Oh, that's right. She did dating so, Ryan Gosling. Murder by Numbers. I didn't even need to look that up on Wikipedia. I had that pulled. Eric has a weird obsession with Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and we're gonna get into this. Maybe we'll do another episode of just this subject. All right, my joke. Well, yes, please go. Um, this is a movie movie joke. Okay. Whatever it is, I'm ready for it. What does the wind say to Tom as it hypnotizes him? Tom, played by Trevante Rhodes. Oh. <laughs> um. Hey. No, it says. Who is you, Tom? Oh, wow, that's good. It's a play on Trevante <laughs> Rhodes starring in the 2017 Oscar Best Picture winner, Moonlight. There you go. Um, when they say, who is you, Chiron? So You know, it's is a joke funny if you have to explain it after? Uh, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Although I liked it. I Fair like, point. I feel like that joke was targeted at me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was the fastest joke I've written. I think was it, it really? As soon as I saw, I had no idea he was in this movie, and as soon as I saw him, all that's all I could think about. Me too. I actually didn't know either. And then I was like, "Oh shit, what's that?" Right? He's um, he he's like very singular on the screen. He's like yeah. enormous, yeah, super muscular. Like, I mean, the movie we can start talking about this, but like they yeah. make him a war veteran just because he's so fucking big. Yeah, it's like that's yeah, that's like his typecast. He's yeah. like a badass dude. Which is which kind of sucks because you know. I feel like he. I really feel like he's like actually like a really good actor. I think he is. Yeah. I think he was probably the best. I think he might have been the best part of this movie. Yeah, I, I kind of agree. I feel like Sandra Bullock didn't really do much, and then, I mean, John Malkovich was like, he was pretty funny at times, but he was also just such a fucking asshole. Let's put a pin in John Malkovich. Yeah, we'll put a pin in later. But but Gervonta Rhodes, I thought was like, he's kind of like the perfect actor like if you want a leading man who's like muscular and big and can do like that kind of stuff but he's also like looks like kind of sensitive and has like kind of like emotional eyes and like yeah i don't know he can, he can pull off like the the soft side i guess yeah do you know he was a college sprinter no yeah he, That's, is that all he did yeah i feel like he did a lot i think <laughs> Just, he well i think he um was a football player and then he hurt his knee Oh, okay. So then and then he right. became a sprinter. And then like a fucking jacked ass. Yeah. Well, sprinters are, sprinters are like typically That's true. jacked. Are they jacked? Uh-huh. I guess, yeah, you're right. I'm thinking of like... You say bold, not jacked, but like the typical yeah, you can see some guy. Fun. Yeah. Like, because you're just like pumping your arms. Yeah, that gives you like more momentum. Yeah. I'm thinking of... Was it Michael Johnson? He yeah. Was, like, the... From the 96 yeah. Atlanta Olympics. He was like the, the gold shoes. Guy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. I don't know any other sprinters besides that, but it was instead of the, what was the, what was the girl? It's the same, maybe the same time or maybe after it was like, uh, the American who was yeah, doping. Yes. The doping. Um, was it Marion, Marion Jones? Mary, I want to say Marlon, but I was like, that's not a girl's name. Yeah. Mary Jones. Yeah. 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 yeah sprinters muscular. This guy also muscular. Um, so let's talk adaptations. Yeah. So how does it, how does this film adaptation stand up to the original source material? So, Eric, please tell us. I think I I would consider this literal. Out of literal, loose, reimagined. 
I, okay. I would say this is literal. They, we still have the two narrative structures of the river and the flashbacks. Yep. However, they've connected them. So essentially the flashback takes us to the point where she goes down the river. Right. Yes. There's no, there's no break. There's no like four year break. They just say four years later. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the movie, the movie starts with her in like a bedroom or like a living room with the kids. And she's like, you need to be quiet. You need to blah, blah, blah. Yeah. You need to listen to me. And then it goes back to... But we almost catch up to that with like... 45 to 30 minutes left in the movie. Yeah. We catch up to it not at the very, very end like we do in the book. Like it's... It's accelerated. The timeline's definitely accelerated. Yeah, I feel like the ending was kind of rushed, but... Yeah. We can do that later. Um, But so yeah, the two narrative structure, although they were combined, um, but then like within it, a lot of changes. Yeah. They kept the bones, and then within it, they rehabbed it. Made just weird changes. Yeah. So, you like, talk through some of them? Yeah. So, what are your, what's one of yours? Well, my first one, just because I wanted to fucking talk about John Malkovich, like, <laughs> ridiculous John Malkovich in this movie. Why would we not want to talk about John Malkovich? Um, so, the only character name change is John Malkovich's character, who is Don in the books and is Douglas in the movie. Why do you think this is? I, I really don't know. Um, I what, don't. What would you, if you had to guess, got a gun to your head, you say, "Give me the answer, Eric." I can't play a Donald. <laughs> I, I don't know. I really have no idea. Maybe the name Donald is is toxic now in some circles because uh-huh. it has associations with. Oh, Donald Trump! Oh my our president. God, I, I, I mean, I'm projecting. I've, yeah. I literally have no idea. Yeah. The guy's name is Don. He's never called do Donald in the book. I would never play a Donald. Yeah. yeah. So he, it makes him Douglas. Interesting. It doesn't make sense to me, but you know, whatever. Yeah. It, maybe. I mean, it's not, I mean, maybe. No harm, no foul. Yeah. It's just a different name. Yeah. John Malkovich himself in this movie is wild. Yeah. Please talk about him a little bit. And like, did you did you think he represented the character in the book well, or did you think he kind of strayed a bit? No, he's totally different. He had a weird thing where he, I suppose, is supposed to be an alcoholic, but, like, nothing comes of that. Like, there's one scene where he's just wandering through the house, finds a bottle of either rubbing alcohol or just, like, an airplane bottle of liquor, Mm -hmm. and just, like, dabs some of it on his tongue. Yeah. And then just moves on. And that's that's really all that happens. (laughs) Yeah. And then eventually they go to the grocery store, and he finds the rum aisle, or, like, the liquor aisle, and just finishes a bottle of rum there. By himself. Yeah. Like, not he, like, where's the vomit? Like, he hasn't been drinking for months. He's just going to finish a bottle by himself, I guess. And then he, he makes a, like, alcoholic. make America Great Again joke, right? Uh, did he? I can't remember. I thought he did. But it's like a make the apocalypse great again or something, yes, something like that. Right. That's something I can't remember the exact terminology, but yes, that definitely did happen. Yeah. I was like, did I hear that correctly? I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> I didn't go back to check it. And so I that's why that. I thought about that. But yeah, so he's an alcoholic who doesn't, it, it never like comes to pass. That. And he is a total asshole. Like from the get go. Yeah. Right. Like from the very get, I mean, to be fair, like Don's has, an asshole in the book for sure. He has, yeah, he is an asshole in the book, but Douglas was like an asshole like throughout. He was never ever a nice guy. He never had any redeeming qualities. I felt like, and to be fair, like at the beginning, his wife goes out to save Mallory. Yeah. And she ends up dying because she sees the creature and kills herself, while Mallory survives and enters his own house. Right. Or was it was no his not house. his house. It was his neighbor's yeah, house. Yeah, neighbor's house. house. Yeah. Uh, also, shout out to that actor. So he is the um, 
he's the bad guy in um, the series with Rami Malek. Oh my god, the oh, hacker. Oh, Robot? Robot? Yes, Mr. Robot. Mr. Robot. He's Mr. Um... Holy shit, I'll look it up. But yeah, anyway, shout out to him. And RIP to him because his character died. But Yeah. Um, well, so to, to go back to John Malkovich. Piggyback right? on the Don Douglas connection. In the book, the Don and Gary when Gary enters become yes. like fast friends and there's nefarious stuff that happens buddy, buddy between them. Like the rest of the group no longer trust them because they grow really close. Also butt buddies. And in the movie, Gary comes in and when Gary comes in, the movie is like almost done. Gary comes in, doesn't talk to anybody. There's no reason he should be let in. Olympia lets him in. It's like, Oh my God, I don't know how to like keep him out. Right. Um, and then he immediately, it's almost like that same day. I think it might even be that same day. He just like locks John Malkovich in the garage. garage, He starts opening windows and doors and while they're while they're giving birth, right after, yeah, yeah, which is consistent with the book. Only in that the birth is the birth happens when they open all the windows, yeah, right, so that everyone dies at the same time except for Mallory and the kids, right. And what a weird not to get back to the book, but like. What a weird plot device that is, right? Like, oh, only some people can like actually see the creature, so they're gonna like sabotage the good people. And, like, I get that's like a thing that like. So I like that. Do you? Yeah. I just feel like that's just like a. I was into that. I read that as the the parallel to today. What do you mean? Like the. You can look at the creatures, man. It's not. It's not the creatures. It's you. Yeah, I mean, I guess it adds another element of like, danger. I don't know. I just. I thought it rang true that there is people who are going to take the take the uncertainties and magnify them to say like you don't actually know what the creature does. Oh, I see. Right. Yeah. So I guess you, in that you respect, can look at the creature; it's fine. Yeah. But just do it. Like, like you don't really need good. you don't need to cover your eyes. Well, <laughs> I guess you don't really know. I guess that, okay. I, so I kind of like that. Persuaded. I think it worked in the book to. I think the in this respect the book was better because the Gary Don connection like splintered the group and they yeah. and he talks the writer author Mallory whoever Malaman, yeah. um, goes to like lengths to say like this connection splintered the group and now there's like dissidents who are maybe like you know creature truthers right and which it, I liked yeah. I thought there was a lot there I do think that the Gary Douglas or Gary uh, Don I'm sorry yeah Gary Don connection was was smart um, I guess it wasn't Gary Douglas. It was just Gary and Don, because Gary and yeah. Douglas were like at ends or at odds. But I thought that was smart as a as an author's choice because everybody kind of disliked Don because yeah. he was kind of an asshole. And you have this new guy coming in who nobody really trusts yet, but having them tr- like trust each other so quickly, so fast, and then kind of forming their own group essentially as a two person as a duo, and then kind of staying away from everybody else in the basement. It's kind of like, okay, now the group is splitting, so like, what are we going to do? So that, you know, to respect to the, the author and, and to that, I mean, that I think was like helpful to the story. Yeah. Um, but Gary had some like, some demons. In the movie? Yeah. Yeah. That or f- in the book too. I mean, he had some like secrets. Yeah. Um, 
I don't, it, it, the movie, it didn't really serve him well. He, like, gets let in for no reason and then immediately just lays out his demon drawings on the table and is like, yeah. hey, I'm a... He doesn't even tell anybody this. He's just literally by himself in the dining or the living room area. The movie Gary is much worse than the, than the book He doesn't Gary. even make sense. Yeah. There's no reason he should be let in the house. Olympia is just like, yeah, come on in. Doesn't consult anybody. Right. Number one. Yeah. Okay. Red flag. <laughs> just lets him in. In the book, at least, like, there's some realism with anybody that comes to the house is like treated as a big deal because there's been nobody there for months and months and then rightly so any new person is like yeah you got to check them out are they are they chill or are they not chill yeah and i guess not being able to see you can't see who's coming in yeah which is like puts another like element to that holy fuck who the fuck is this person yeah one of the problems with them they could be having a gun they could have a knife like whatever they want true they could be marauders like there also are in the movie yeah i think one of the problems with the movie though is there doesn't really seem like if you get infected you're not violent towards other people you just sort of kill yourself yeah so who cares if you let somebody in who's an infected i guess yeah because they're not gonna hurt you they're just gonna hurt themselves the problem is gary is like trying trying, yeah unless you're trying to raid you but gary is trying to just like sabotage people yeah which is like I don't know, it's just weird. There's a certain subset of the population that can look at the, look at the thing and the creature and be fine. Yeah. He seems to be diseased or infected though, right? Because his eyes like dilated. Yes. Or... When he looks at it. I think. Yeah. But he didn't, he didn't hurt himself. Like he, he doesn't die in the movie either. No. So I, I wasn't sure if that was like just his, ref, like the reflection of his eyes, at least in the movie. Did he do the same thing in the book? I don't know. I don't know. I know in the, in the I don't know in the book. I know that he just escapes, and Mallory thinks yeah. Gary is the voice on the river, the first person. Oh, that's she right. thinks that's Gary. But like, why even do that? Like, why? I don't know. From his character perspective, it's like, I guess you kill all these people now. You have all these resources to yourself. Maybe, like, why? Why kill all these people? Because he he wants them to see it. Because everybody says it's so beautiful, it's so gorgeous, it's so amazing. Like you need to, you need to see it. And everybody who does see it does like get like entranced in a minute. I guess it's one of those things where it's sort of unlike our current moment, where the people that don't believe it are not the people that are like, "Rip your mask off, mm-hmm. you can breathe." They're just like, "Don't oh, make yeah. me wear a mask." Right. So in this book, it, the guys like. Not that you shouldn't be able to see. It's that you have to see. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of different. And maybe that's not... Maybe you must. Yeah. Maybe that's like from an evolutionary perspective. Well, like, maybe it just doesn't read true. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, what's his motivation for doing that? I have no idea. You're right. He's, he's just crazy. like... He's just, he's he's just like, you can see. So now you're seeing. Right. And then they all die. So yeah, it doesn't make sense. So I wanted to move on. You want to talk about dogs? Before that. Oh. I do want to talk about dogs, but like before that, I want to talk about Tom's age and relationship with Mallory. Yeah. So I feel like we hinted that at, we hinted at this earlier. Tom in the book is older. I, my read is he's about older. middle age. He's, he'd, had a, he'd had a wife right before she died. Yeah, and he had, and a, he had, he had a kid who died. Yep. Um, and Mallory... That was another thing. Oh my God, that was another big difference. Yeah, true. There's less backstory for these movie characters. Yeah. And Mallory sort of took to him in the book as a leader. 
And you think it, it was in a sort of like romantic way? I didn't fully get that vibe, but I can understand that. I kind of, well, not initially, but like she kind of was very dependent on him as the book went on. And I thought, you know, maybe not. There, maybe there wasn't some a romantic involvement, but there was some sort of like necessary dependency on her part. That was like you need to be here. Like we need you. I need you here. Like you need to. Yeah. Like you cannot just go risk your life, like searching for dogs and stuff like that. Yeah. So I thought I thought maybe there was like romantic aspect to that, but it wasn't. It wasn't clear. So I think what's valuable about that is it makes it more real as our dogs are having to stare down. Yeah. Um, like having that romantic relationship like they have in the book mm-hmm. so tom in the book is tremonte rhodes who is 26 years younger than sandra bullock yeah instead of being probably more that's probably flipped in the novel actually i bet Tom's mallory's older, yeah. mallory's younger she was she, i think it is actually quoted that she's like like young 20s or mid 20s yeah it's so like maybe they just flipped the age dynamic yeah um i guess sandra bullock well anyway i think it works a little bit better to have have them be romantically yeah like tied because there is more of a just like personal tie to that character yeah you know mallory in the book likes tom because he's the leader and he is smart and he's like very important to the house as a dynamic Mm -hmm. but in the movie i mean say what you will about like hollywood and having to have romantic leads yeah, like mm-hmm. romance in stories, but I think it works because it it makes that relationship more that more important. Yeah, because it's not just emotional; it's physical. Yeah, or right, which strength strengthens the emotional attachment between. Yeah, them. oh, absolutely, and I mean, it was certainly clear in the movie. I mean, Javante Rhodes kind of like makes a play at her in the grocery store. Yeah, which was I thought was very weird at the time. Yeah, it, it was kind of like it wasn't like. A cool way to do it it was very like uh it was a little awkward yeah it was awkward which i thought was interesting but i think that's probably true i guess yeah. now that i think about it it's like realistic more and more realistic i guess but um yeah I, there wasn't really that that scene in the book so there wasn't a clear indication of like romance i feel like from tom there wasn't it was more like tom was a leader he was fixing problems he was doing stuff but she was more like you know t- is very dependent on tom it's, i mean fair i mean she was a pregnant woman she was about to give birth so you know maybe she needed somebody there who like she thought was the leader and somebody who was smart and stuff like that as our dogs are getting closer and closer <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of dogs yeah that was another thing that wasn't really in the movie what a great segue thank you <laughs> but in the in the in the book Tom and I think another character I can't remember one of their names. Jules. Jules, yes. They go out looking for dogs, because um, they think that's going to help them out with you know surviving and stuff like that. And um, because they think the dog, they don't know if dogs are affected by seeing creatures. Correct. Yeah. And then that's another terrible scene that happens um, later on in the book where, the spoiler dog. alert, the dog sees a creature and kills itself basically. And now Roxy's trying to get on the couch with uh, Griffey. She's trying to be very dainty. And <laughs> Roxy has seen a creature. That's what that's yeah. what we learned. No, I mean you're right. I think in the book it it didn't make sense to me. 
Which what? Which part? The dog stuff. So I, I think oh, like, okay. the inclination to go get dogs makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't super clear on the timeline because like at some point the dogs are going to not make it a couple of months, right? Like right. with no food, no water, no humans there. Mm-hmm. There's just like no way they can survive. So they would have had to find them fairly soon. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> wow, there are two peas in a pod now. Yeah. Um, butt to butt. So... The, uh, to me, the, the inclination makes sense. What I had trouble with, maybe you felt the same way, was the um, timeline of the dogs going crazy. So, yeah, what happens more or less is that they have a dog that they have inherited named Victor, yep. who belongs to one of the characters. And he's just around. They never ask him to do anything, but he's just around. Mm-hmm. Um, when Gary and Don let all the creatures in near the end of the flashback, the two huskies that they've rescued die from seeing the creatures. Yeah. After that, Mallory finds Jules's dog or the dog's name is Victor, right? Yeah. I don't know if it's Jules's dog or another character's dog. Finds him locked in the cellar. Yes. So I think the... That his like owner put him in the cellar really quickly and then yeah. faced death. Right. And she's like, you know what's fine is me to take this dog out. Right. Because I don't know if dogs can get affected by the creatures. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, well, you just had your two huskies die from yeah. the creatures. Yeah. So she brings the dog around to the bar or whatever, and they find a creature in the hole, and it goes crazy. And she's like, oh, my God, I guess dogs can get affected. I thought that it's happened. It's like dog already got affected. I, th- I don't think – I think you might be wrong. I think that – the timeline was switched. Like, she got that dog, and then the, the dogs died later. So that's what I thought at first, but then there was no aftermath. There was no, hey, owner, I'm sorry that I took your dog out to this bar, and it died. That's true, actually. Because I was waiting for that scene. I never, never got it. I never got it. Actually, yeah, that's true. So I was thinking it was she, when she was trying to set the house with microphones to hear the outside. Yeah. She went to a bar to find microphones. I feel, like, I feel like the story should have just been this part. It shouldn't have been the river. Just surviving in a house? Yeah, you could have just delved into all these issues a little bit more. I don't know. But anyways. You shouldn't have been a TV show? Would you have watched like a 10 episode TV show mm-hmm. about this house just like disintegrating? Like it's almost like the pilot could have ended with Gary arriving or something. And then the next couple episodes Maybe. are like trips out. And then Gary and Don are like, they kind of yeah, off in I their mean, corner, disintegrating the relationships in the house that have already been built. Honestly, yeah, because you have like so much time to work with in this story. Like, there's just I mean, there's obviously four years that go by in this story, but like, you could drag it out as long as you want. I mean, look at The Walking Dead. That's like that's probably is that still going on? I mean, it's like ten seasons or something. I don't know. I watched the first one, and then I I haven't seen yeah. TNS. But it's like it's sort of like that. It's like. You have all these things that could go wrong. Um, yeah, I would probably watch it as a TV show, but... I think the, the problem with it as a movie is that the ending, more or less, is her escaping. Yeah. And we've decided that the escape is not uh-uh. that interesting. Sorry, I'm calling my dog. Right? So, yeah. her going on the river, there's nothing to it. And it's almost like the break between season one and season two mm-hmm. is... The river trip. 
Or like you start season two with her on the river. Like season one starts, the pilot starts. I'm just speaking like off the cuff, but like right. the pilot starts with her showing up to this house or whatever. It's like already pandemic, not pandemic. It's already like the world's gone to shit and she's at her own house. She lit, like fi- kind of a finds an ad to go to this new house yeah. and she goes there in the first 10 minutes and then she's acclimated and at the end of that pilot gary shows up oh interesting and then the next nine episodes are like the house disintegrating and then her sticking out on her own see that would be that would be a cool show because the ending yeah i think as a movie the ending doesn't really work if she's just leaving the house because it sort of sets up a sequel and you can i think do that more easily as in tv yeah and like unless you're super invested in like a series of books already like harry potter or lord of the rings like you're gonna make three anyways like yeah, but I don't think this this book just came out. This the, the sequel, new one. The yeah. sequel it just came out. Yeah. So they had no idea. And it's thirteen years it. later, so it, there's like. Oh my god. <laughs> a lot happens in thirteen years that just gets so she's, totally. I guess she's in her. She would be in her late thirties. Yeah. Because she was like in her early mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. All right, do you have more on the dogs? No, that was basically it. Do you are you gonna read this the sequel? Um, probably not. Probably not. Unless there's going to be a movie. I'm going to have to reconvene this episode. <laughs> Maybe Sandra Bullock's on you're going to watch it. So, um, so I, quickly, I want to have a conversation with you about the creatures. Okay, so my take on the creatures is that... Because they're, de- they're not described in the book, and they're not shown in the movie. Yeah, so it's like... It's a level set. They were scarier in the book by a long shot. Um, just because it's your imagination. And, like, they kind of tease it a little... They tease the creature a little bit in the movie. But my thing is, like, if you can't visualize it, like, why make a movie about that creature? You know what I mean? Like, it's almost not worth making. Like, that's the the whole thing. Like, that's the whole premise of the movie. Like, like the movie The Thing. It's, like, it's about the thing. Like, you have to show the thing. You know what I mean? That's what this movie's about. So, I don't know. I just feel like having a creature that you can't see is not really worth making a movie about. But it is worth writing a book about. Yeah, because you can project your own opinion of what the creatures look like. Yeah. And, and you the, can't not show it in a movie. You have to show it. But they I didn't feel like. they didn't show it. It was just like my joke, you know, it was just like wind that whispered to you and said like, Mallory, look over here. I already forgot what your joke was. Right? It just whispers at you, and you're like, oh my god, should I take my mask off and just look? I, like, I don't know. <laughs> oh um, or my blindfold, not my mask, sorry. That's like the third time I've made that yeah, I mean, mistake. We are living in a pandemic, so it's fine. Um, Give you a break on that one. Yeah, so I, th- I, think it's, I think it is weird not to show the creatures. I think it... Just show it. Like, why the fuck not? Because like, I think it's going to be... It's not going to kill the it's audience. It's going to be bad. Right? <laughs> like, there's... Maybe they just... Just decided that it wasn't worth the like trouble. I bet like, you. I bet you. There's some VFX guys out there that are like, "Fuck this director! Like, we made such a sick creature. Like, look at that." I wonder if it's even sure. f- like. I'm sure they. So made, the I'm budget. Sure they had an idea the reported this. budget is about twenty million dollars. Oh, is that so it? Oh, I don't know if not. it's like a just budget constraints. Like, we can do this cheaper if we don't show. Yeah. If we don't have effects. Oh my god! Can you imagine? But the birds were fake. Were like, they? The birds in the bird box? Yeah. They had oh them my fake. God. They didn't really put birds in the freezer. Well, that's true. <laughs> they so, could do that. 
Um, Peter will come after them. Yes, I don't know. I, I think it's I think it was sort of not effective to not show the creatures, but yes. I don't. I think it would have been more effective if there was just like nothing, instead of wind. Mm. Just like stillness. Yeah. Silence. Interesting. Yeah. Like the the. At some point, Mallory is in a room, right? And there is, like, whispers on the other side of a door. And she sees a shadow move on the bottom oh, side of the door. Man, yeah, so, like, I think to me it would be more effective if there was, like, the quote-unquote appearance of a creature. Mm-hmm. Or, like, the potential of a creature. But and never not, do I miss it. Kind of like a ghost. Yeah, if you're not going to show it, then let's just, like, not let's just like not show it. Right, right. But hint at it being, like, a physical thing or whatever. Yeah. Don't just show the wind picking up. I agree with that. The whispers. Yeah, because the fucking the happening. Because they did the same shit, and nobody fucking liked that movie. Did you watch that movie? Yeah, I watched it. Oh, in you the did theaters. watch it. I was in the theater watching it. I was like, "What the fuck am I watching?" Has it been all downhill in your life since then? Do you think? Yes, <laughs> because of that movie, it ruined fucking everything. Um, Thank you, Mark Wahlberg, and I forgot what the director's name was. And Matt Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Yeah. One more thing I want to talk to you about, Will. Okay. Um. On a scale of one to ten, with one, uh, you know what? Just tell me how ridiculous you felt when you watched the scene where, in the movie, they decided to go for groceries, and they took a jeep, and they were like, "We don't need to see. We got the GPS." They didn't take a jeep. They took like an Acura or something like that. All oh, right, they took a they took a SUV, right? They yeah. took an SUV. I just assumed it was a jeep. Um, <laughs> they took an SUV. They painted all the oh, windows yeah. black. Okay, and they're yeah. like, we don't need to see. We have the GPS. <laughs> like, that's exactly. not how a GPS works. It wasn't a GPS. Or it was a GPS, but it was also, like, I don't know what you call it, but there's a there's a system where, like, if oh, you're about like, to run into something, it'll beep. I don't know what Yeah, it's, it's like called. the backup camera or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But not a camera, right? It was, yeah, yeah. But, yes, that's ridiculous. It was it's, like, turn right ridiculous. here, and yeah. they turn right. It's like, that's not how. And, and there was something that, like, jumped on the car. Or, like, was, like, that was, like, the creature, obviously, but it's, like, yeah. if it's the wind, how the fuck can it, like... Plus, they got immediately to the grocery store, okay? Yeah, very quickly. Not to say, no, there's like, to say nothing of how ridiculous it is that they could even get there, yeah. right? In the book, they go to, like, they take pains to say how difficult it is for them to drive. Yeah. Like, I don't know if I'm going over bodies or speed humps or whatever. I keep and they go over hitting the, the curb. in the movie, which is funny. Yeah. That was, like, the one com- comedic part. But they go straight from the... They get in the car, have no trouble at all. At they all. just there's a creature around them at some point. Yeah. Doesn't try to break in, just like sits on top of the car. Go to the store, park right in front of the door. Yeah. Get out. Then <laughs> there's no scene that's them going back to the house. Oh they're yeah, like, you're they're right. like they know how to get back there. They're fine. And his buddy, the the shopping guys or the yeah. guy who worked at the store who took them there. Yeah. His buddy was like in the freezer, but he was alive and he was he could see the creature yeah no, no, it was a weird so in the in the movie they could they took off their masks Lil Rel, or, i'm sorry they're blindfolded Lil Rel howry is that his real name because he's in uh he's in some shows his real name is milton howry but oh, he goes okay. by Lil Lil Rel. yeah he's in atlanta right yeah he's in atlanta he's in get out yes he is in get out that's right that's right he's in something else i've seen i can't remember though oh he's in uh Carmichael show. Yes, that's what I'm thinking. Drew, Drew Carmichael. Thank you. And he, I think he had his own sitcom. Oh, did he? Anyway. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, he he does die. Yeah, he dies. But so in the in the in the movie they take off their blindfolds, but in the 
book they keep them on while they're in the store. Yeah, so they play fast and loose with the realism in this movie. Yeah. Right? They go into the store and immediately just take their blindfolds off. I think that's fine. Sandra Bullock, God, she pulls her boat to shore, right? And she has that, like, oh, line leader. Yeah. And she pulls it all the way into she a door. House, right? And then she's like, oh, no, I'm out of string. Just puts it on a, like, ties it to a bed and just keeps exploring. I forgot. What is she it's Like, Isn't that the point of having this line leader is to not go further than it allows you to go? And the only time you use it, you break the fucking rule of She's it. a rebel, dude. She's brave. She's courageous. Don't you get it? No. <laughs> She's the hero. It was just... I don't know. It was just very, it was very... Fun. What did she get from the house anyways? I can't even remember. Nothing. She was just in that... In oh, that so the creature shows up. Room. The creature shows up outside of the door with its shadow. Yeah. She's like, oh, shit, I gotta leave. Takes the leader back. At the same time, it's cut with the daughter, like, leaving the boat. Yeah, yeah. And then the daughter gets tackled from behind, and it turns out it's Sandra Bullock being like, what the fuck are you doing? Do you think this... No this, tension at all. There is no tension. Which do you think is more of a mess, the movie or the book? The movie. Yeah, for sure. I hated this movie. <laughs> I, 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 I didn't get as heated as I thought I was gonna get, but goddamn like yeah this I movie mean, was very frustrating if you like this movie there's i think there's something wrong with you i or just weren't you weren't paying attention did you find the movie less so you read the book second correct did yeah. you understand the movie at all i mean i understood it but there were parts where um, i just like i didn't even try to understand because it was just like so ri- ridiculous like like the scene you just described like why is she even going to this random house? Like, what's the point of this? Is she even getting supplies? That's not stated. Uh, and then the guy who attacks her in the middle of the river, like, what the fuck? Like, Dude, in the <laughs> middle of the river. He's just this walking This big, out in the fast, river. fucking flowing river. He can stand yeah. in the middle of it. This yeah. river is probably like 50... I forgot how she killed him. She like stabbed him or something? Or did she shoot Yeah, him? She, like, she has a machete. In yeah, that's right. As you do. I mean, she probably should have weapons in her... Yeah. But there were just so. there were just random stuff like that, like I, you know, that guy shouldn't be able to stand in the middle of a like rapidly flowing river. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be too deep for him. He doesn't care, dude. He wants them to see the creature because it's beautiful. God. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I appreciate the effort. I just don't. It's not for me, I guess. No. Is um, it for you? No. In fact, I don't think it, this was a successful adaptation. It was. My least favorite movie of this season so far, probably of yeah. the yeah, of the fair. last two seasons. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, what? So let's go back. So to all the boys I loved before. Delight, was, delightful movie. Delightful. It was actually a good movie. And then what was the one before that? The first Netflix we did. God, I can't even remember. <laughs> um. Burning. Burning. Great movie. Very memorable. <laughs> very, very and memorable. Super memorable. And then no, that, did, that was actually a good movie. It was very good. Yeah. And then we did uh, science fiction before that. So we did Solaris. We did Hitchhiker's Guide. Yeah. And we did... Um, Invisible Man. Invisible Man. Yeah. Which are all pretty good. So I think this is by far the worst movie we've done. Yeah. Um, so if you are debating whether to read the book, watch the movie, we would suggest... Reading the book. Read the book. Definitely. Um, so, in your estimation, Will, who won the movie and who, who lost the movie? We can do winners first. Winners, yeah. winners. So, Machine Gun Kelly is probably the winner for me, just because he's in it, and that's probably great for his career. I think 
That's another thing that makes no sense. Is Machine Gun Kelly and his relationship to that police that officer? Yeah. Where he's like, hey, you want to smoke weed? Dude, She's like, I'm a cop. Is... And then, like, the next scene, he's like, hey. She's stretching, right? She's stretching in the middle of the kitchen. He comes up behind her all creepy, like, so. Yeah. And she's like, don't even think about it. And then they fuck the next scene. Like, the very next scene, they're having sex in the laundry room. <laughs> it makes no sense. And then the scene after that, they steal the car. Yeah. And leave the house forever. Yeah, they steal all the, re- like, all the food, or most of the food, at least. It makes no sense. They fall in love. It, it, that's... Well, where are you getting gas? That's true. All right? Well, you're better off in this house. Machine what happened to them? Do you think they're still alive? No. <laughs> they ran out of gas. They couldn't fucking see. I think he actually... Dude, how far do you think they got on that car? They can't fucking see where they're going. They're not hundreds of Trevante Rhodes who knows how to drive blindfolded right. with the GPS. I think he became a successful rapper after that, actually. <laughs> <laughs> a SoundCloud rapper to yeah. all the people who saw the internet. My winner, speaking of the internet, my winner is the internet. Um, oh, fair. Uh, because they got the Bird Box challenge out yeah. of this. Yeah, I mean, that was a, that was a thing for a, at least a little while. Yeah, like a month. I don't really remember any of our friends doing it. I, I feel like our friends don't really do that kind of stuff on social media. But I don't really remember any specific videos. I remember it was a thing. I don't remember anything, like, outrageous that happened. Yeah. I had a memory of that accident, but, like, I don't think I saw it. Yeah. I I feel like I was more aware of it existing. Yeah. So they got good press from, I guess, good slash bad press, maybe. Yeah. Infamous. At least they got, any press is good press, right? Yeah. So, that's my winner. Who's your loser? My loser would have to be, um... I was going to say John Malkovich. Probably John Malkovich. Although, I thought he was good in it. He was a good asshole. He just, like, what a shitty, like, movie for him. I don't know. I'm going to say, I'm going to say Sandra Bullock just because, like, I didn't think she was very good. And she doesn't do anything since. I don't know if that's, like, a personal thing. Do you think she was poorly cast? No, I don't think she was poorly cast. I just don't think she, like, she didn't give anything to me in this role. There wasn't anything in this movie that was like, oh, yeah, she, like, did really well in this. Or, like, ooh, like, that was a really great scene. It was all, it was just her being a bad mother to the children. Bad slash good mother, right? Like, she's just an asshole to the kids. And that was, I don't know. I wasn't really a big fan. So, I know you're a big Sandra Bullock fan, but... I was going to say, I, I, li- I actually like her in this because I think okay. she plays that, like, hard-edged mother pretty well okay yeah. she's like you take off your blindfold you are gonna die if you don't listen to me you are gonna die yeah and she plays she plays it off lovingly if that makes yeah, sense like she she true. acts in a way that is like different than her than how she you feel about her like she could be yelling at you and you're like yeah you're right i'm fucking up yeah i guess yeah i i didn't really look at it from that perspective I just felt like if this... Plus, we're not talking shit about Sandra Bullock on my podcast. This is a non-Sandra Bullock podcast. I just felt like if she was going to be... She should have been more of an asshole to her kids. She should have been like, wow. Like, I don't know. She was an asshole to her kids, but it was yeah. a loving loving asshole, which... I don't know. I just didn't really care for I guess. Maybe that's just me personally. My, you know, my thing or whatever, but... I also don't think John Malkovich can do enough things that are bad like john malkovich is almost 
like Christopher Walken level untouchable. Yeah. Where it's just like, okay, John Malkovich is in this. I have no idea what that means. Do you think the director gave him notes or like he was just like, you know, just do what, do whatever he feels. Yeah. Yeah. I bet he brought in all this stuff. He's like, you know what I've always wanted to do is just like pour a bit of liquor on my tongue. Don't even swallow it. Don't even drink it. Don't even sip it. Just like a little dab. We should put that on Instagram. I was like, a, did yeah. you really drink this? Yeah. Um, okay. My, loser? my loser is the 89 million people that streamed at least five seconds of this movie. Uh, no shots to them, but they, uh, they, in, we all lost. <laughs> we all lost. <laughs> We're all losers. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I think that's, I think that's accurate, honestly. Favorite quote or moment? <sighs> um, honestly, I really liked the moments with Trevante. Rose. Um, I don't know, I just really like him as an actor, I guess, but I just, I don't know. There wasn't one specific moment that I remember, honestly. What about you? My favorite moments are the, all the ones that we've mentioned that have no reason for being there. <laughs> like John Makovich pouring that liquor on his tongue, uh, them driving the car with the GPS. Uh, there was a scene early on where Sandra Bullock is pregnant in the hospital before the world for America has its first cases um, where she's like not sure if she wants to be a mother and they're like have yeah. you thought about adoption and she's like hmm interesting yeah I'm like okay well that's that's a big thing to just throw in there and yeah. then it's uh we're just moving on from that and yeah. then mach- everything machine gun Kelly was just baffling to me yeah everything in this movie just was fucking <laughs> I mean it was it was literally like all these people were in a different movie yeah the first 20 minutes 15 20 minutes where sandra bullock and sarah paulson are like sisters and having conversations about life and pregnancy and yeah. like the real world that's a totally different movie yeah and the it's, rest of this yeah it's like yeah it's, movie. yeah it's a real world it's it was much better yeah it was it was so much better do you think this movie so if this movie didn't have the bird box challenge do you think it would have been as successful probably not Right. It's not a good movie. It's not. Um, it's really not. It's it's really not good. Yeah. And I don't know. It baffles me. I think you're right. I think it's it's just a, like a marketing. It has a really good like piece of marketing behind it. I feel like they just got lucky though. Like I'm sure all these movies, like big like movies like this, do this kind of thing. Like these social media like whatever challenges or whatever. I don't know. I just feel like people are like, oh, that'd be interesting to like do shit blindfolded, and they're like, oh yeah, there's a movie behind this. Like, true. I don't know. I just feel like if they didn't have that, it would. This movie would not have been that. Like, I mean, maybe Sandra Bullock. You have the power behind that. You have the star power. I don't know. Not really, though, because she's not hasn't been in a movie since. Yeah. So it's not. I mean, she was a star, probably. Back when that concept existed. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's, that's that's another debate that's like... That's not really a Sandra Bullock movie. Really... Like, do you find this to be a Sandra Bullock movie? No, I feel like it's I more would... like a gimmick movie. Yeah, definitely. I th- when I think of Sandra Bullock, I think of like Blindside or like Gravity or um, Miss Congeniality. Like those kind of things. Yeah. But yeah, this I would never consider like a... Sandra Bullock joint. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. They probably paid a mission to the money. All right. 
Got streams. She's got stream money. Which is better? I think we all know. Uh, yeah. I mean, you can take three guesses and get them all. Get them all right. <laughs> the book. I mean, the book is is. It's way better. Yeah. And the book is not like I wouldn't even suggest that you go read the book mm-hmm. unless you were really interested in it. I don't think I would. Re- I don't think I would recommend it to a stranger. No, I wouldn't. I mean. The only reason to recommend it is because of the, like, cultural notoriety of the IP, right? Like, the Bird Box Challenge, Bird Box as a property. I I didn't, like... If somebody came up to you and was like, hey, should I I read the book, watch... Or should I watch the movie? I'd be like, no, read the book. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yeah. I would never, like, recommend it. Oh, what's a book you're reading that... What book you've read last year that you really like? You would never imagine Bird Box. No, the memorable part of the the memorable part of it is the blindfolding, but like even then, it protects you from something that you don't even see. Yeah. So there's no there's no payoff for being blind. Blindfolded, yeah. Right. So. Well, I guess I could be like a real like a what do you call it? I mean, there is no. Bl- pay off for being blindfolded in today's society but you don't die I suppose I guess so maybe so well um, I would also go with the book by, by a long shot I think actually yeah. I actually enjoyed reading it um, more than I thought I would I was not like excited to read it by any means but um, actually I found it pretty enjoyable so at least especially towards the ending so yeah so last episode we went film was better, and then on burning, I think we both Definitely went film. film. So this is our first book uh, yeah. winner of the season. Oh my god! I bet this is like one of the f- one of the only, like throughout our entire like, yeah episode. I usually go movie because I'm like I don't know I, I'm very like selective with books. I'm not I don't like a lot of books. I think we also pick. We haven't really picked a ton of bad movies. That's true. Yeah, that's true, actually. That's a good point. We should pick more bad movies, maybe. (laughs) And good books. Speaking of that, what are we doing next month? Or what are we doing the next two months? Two months. I think we're going to double up next month, right? Yeah. So we're recording this mid-August. Probably by the end of this month, early next month, we will have an episode out about... Um, the Social Network yep. slash The Accidental Billionaires by Ben Meserick, I think. Yeah, I think that's how you say Is the other's name? Yeah. Um, and we might have a little fun conversation on the side with that movie as well. And then after that, we are uh, responding to the Netflix calendar. There's a yeah. big release coming out uh, with a superhero and two superheroes, I suppose, now that uh, oh. someone that's is, true, is actually, the yeah. new Batman, yeah. right? Yeah. Spider-Man and a Batman. That's true. Heading, heading off together. Not heading off, but facing off together. It's called The Devil All the Time. It's a book by Donald Ray Pollock. Um, just bought it yesterday. I'm excited for this one. Yeah, uh, it, it looks interesting. I, I feel like it's up your wheelhouse. Yeah, it's yeah. got like a... like su- It's got like Southern Gothic vibes, but it's yeah. almost like Southern... I think it's set in Ohio. Is it Ohio? Okay. Yeah. So it's like... if. You, Ohio's not the South, oh, but it's Ohio. like uh, Midwest, Midwestern. Like the Bible Belt, or is that? Is that the Bible? It's not the Bible Belt. Fuck, oh, sorry. 
Ohio's in the Midwest. Uh, you're right. But yeah, it's like crazy people in Ohio. Especially yeah. during like the early or 1940s, maybe? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. It plus, the, plus trailer, the trailer just came out and it looks it looks pretty good. Yeah. It looks it looks heavy. Yeah, so it's Tom Holland who's who's the lead. Uh, Sebastian Stan, Robert Pattinson, Bill Skarsgård who plays the It character. Yeah. And it's produced by Jake Gyllenhaal. Good for him. And then I think it's directed by somebody famous. It's got to be directed by somebody. Antonio Campos. Oh. He did Christine in 2016. Simon Killer and After School. So relatively unknown. He's 36. So. Whoa. Well. Yeah, we'll see. I'm excited for that one. So you can good. probably expect two in September, and then we'll we'll regroup on. We're doing unadaptables, right? That's the plan, at least. Yeah. I That's like the plan. That plan. I like that plan. Yeah, you'll hear from us. Um, so, follow us. Elite Lens Twitter, Instagram, Instagram. Littlelensblog.wordpress.com um, for the blog. And then you can write to us at littlelensgmail.com at gmail.com. We are available. Yeah, we're here. So, and we might do another interview for sci-fi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Which, so look out for that. Yeah, um, that'd be good. So we're we're available. We're um, right. we're posting. Yeah. Follow us, like us, tag us. Please like us. Interact with us. We'll do whatever. If you like us, we'll follow. We'll, we'll we'll like you back. We'll follow back. Yeah. So, and shout out to our number one favorite listener and follower of the podcast, Shia LaBeouf. We miss you. We love you. We want you to come back. Stream the task collector now on uh, all various platforms. I have no on idea. All where the it is. platforms. Uh, <laughs> don't pay for it though. Just, just stream it. See you guys next time.